welcome to Minerva's Creative Conversations, a podcast where I dig deeper into the personal journeys and professional careers of influential and successful women and how their stories can inspire others to achieve success. I'm your host, Minerva Salas, and today my special guest is Karen Ospino, MSA founder and CEO of Ospino Consulting, a business advisory and accounting services firm. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Minerva. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, Karen, I see that you have extensive experience assessing and strengthening financial strategies and accounting practices for small businesses. Can you give us some examples of some financial procedures and accounting practices that can help small businesses? Of course. Um, I think the first um, main thing that a business has to have is a good record management system. Uh, when you have a business, you have so many things going on. You have income, you have expenses, and you have to keep track of all those things. So having a, a, a record management system is going to help, help you to be organized with your business. And it's also going to help you to be in compliance with the government. You know, usually when you're applying for a loan, the, the bank is going to ask you many papers. If you have a good system, you're going to be able to find them quickly and respond to the bank right away. Same for the government. The government loves seeing that a business is organized. When the government sees an organization, mm -hmm. they, they know that you're doing things right, even if you make mistakes. Another thing also could be uh, prepare a budget and monitor that budget and monitor the effect uh, of the budget uh, on your business operations. Having accounting policies, even if you're a solopreneur, mm -hmm. having policies with your clients, like how, the, the terms for a payment or um, how you're going to manage pretty, uh, petty cash, mm -hmm. it's going to help you later on to onboard new people that is going to know that there's a way of doing things in your business. Now, you mentioned uh, keeping good records. For how long should we keep those records? The government always require at least minimum of um, at least five years. Uh, okay. But I always recommend seven. Seven is wow. my lucky number. So I think <laughs> okay. seven. And they only, you know, they always can audit you uh, for the last three years, but they can go back um, and see if they see that, they, that there's something that they need to go deeper, they really can go back to it. Okay. So it's yes. better to be safe than sorry. Okay. And what accounting services do you specialize in to help small businesses? We offer uh, bookkeeping, uh, tax preparation, okay. and virtual CFO services. And out of those services, which of them did you notice a significant increase during the pandemic and why? It was mostly the virtual CFO services. Uh, you know, many companies mm -hmm. during the pandemic, nobody was prepared for this. Everybody I thought it was going to be a two weeks lockdown and then everything was going to go back to normal, right? Exactly. So when companies realized that this was going to be longer than they expected, some of them had to pivot. They needed to, to see, uh, oh my gosh, what do I do now? They needed to revamp their strategy. So with that, you need new KPIs. You need to see what other uh, sources of revenue you can have. You need to evaluate your cash flow. You need to do some forecasting mm -hmm. and, and the whole uncertainty of the situation made people scared. Uh, so people came to us because they had no idea what to do or how to do it. So they were lost. They were kind of very confused with all that was happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, they were businesses that they were working on a day-to-day -day operation. Right. And suddenly the income stopped. That's right. So now what do I do now? Do I have to pay? I have to pay my landlord the rent or I have to pay my employees. What should I do? I don't know what to do or stop paying everything or paying like, but I don't have the money. And, you know, banks were like, forget it. Don't come <laughs> to me because I'm not going to help you if you're not having any revenue. Right, right. So that was one of the, the, the portions of our business that actually increased during the pandemic. What were some of the most pressing financial concerns from small business owners during the pandemic? Cash flow. Uh, definitely was cash flow mm -hmm. uh, because uh, many businesses, you know, they were having accounts receivables or they were having sales, but the money wasn't coming in because everything stopped and everything, everybody um, said, you know what, I'm not going to pay you because I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, the, the main concern for the business is I don't have money coming in. How do I uh, make my payments for, for my expenses or for my vendors or for my employees? Oh, that's very, uh, that's a major concern for small businesses. It is. It is. You are a QuickBooks Certified Pro Advisor. I like that title. Um, is it, is it essential to have an accounting program for a startup business? And do you offer QuickBooks training? It's not essential to have a software, but you need a system. Okay. Even if you do it in Excel, it's okay. The problem with Excel is that if you lose a formula, you know, you lose everything. So, so you have to be very careful and you really know, you really know how to um, work in Excel. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't really need a software, but you need a system. Uh, we don't offer formal training for QuickBooks, but we do offer support to our clients. If they need, uh, if they don't know how to do something in QuickBooks, we will teach them how to do it. Okay. So if they're a client, they, you will offer them that service. Yes. Okay. No, that's great because I think QuickBooks is, um, it's a great program, but there's so many different types of uh, applications. You have the self-employed, you have the LLC. So I think if you can guide your clients and how to use it, it will help them to be more organized. And then they can also learn and understand more of their cash flow as well. It is, it is super important to know how to use it because yes. that way all your reporting is going to be accurate. You know, we have encountered clients that they, because the software is, it has a lot of artificial intelligence. They think um, that they don't really have to do anything with the software. And that's a misconception about QuickBooks. You mm -hmm. really need to be doing small steps or perhaps big steps. I don't know, depending on, on your operation. Right. And that way QuickBooks is actually going to produce information that you need. If you don't touch it, nothing's going to happen. So what you put in is what you get out. Correct. <laughs> okay. So let's get to this topic about women and finance. As a woman in finance, did you experience any biases during your accounting career? Yes, definitely. Oh. Um, there's a gender bias and there's also a cultural bias. You know, um, sometimes you talk to a person over the phone and when they meet you, uh, and it happened to me actually, <laughs> they say, oh, I, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is going to be a right fit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you just saw me, <laughs> right? Right. So, and, and, and this is an industry where males uh, dominate. So, you know, when you're in meetings, they always try to be the alpha person, like trying to impose their point of view and the way they talk is very strong. 
so definitely I have seen bias in my profession. Interesting. Now, what were some ways that you handled the biases towards you? Honestly, I am a very strong person. Good. So I, I learned to determine when should I say something and when it just wasn't worth it. And I personally don't take anything personal. That's you know? fantastic. So you could be talking, uh, you know, when that time that that person say, oh, I don't know if this is going to be a right fit. At the beginning, I didn't even realize why he was saying that. Mm -hmm. Then later on, somebody say, oh, you know, maybe it was because of this. I'm like, oh, I never thought about it mm -hmm. because I don't see people that way. So I'm not expecting them to see me that way. Right. But um, it's more like um, it's, it's your decision to make it personal or not. So. In my particular case, I don't really make it personal. I, I just say it's their problem, not mine. And I'm not able to change them. So if they want to change and they want to work with me, fine. If not, they're lost. Now, in retrospect, do you think you would have handled it differently? No, not really. No? I think, no. Okay. So you think being a strong woman and not taking things personally helped you handle biases? Correct. Yes, definitely. Mini with Love showcases totally handcrafted products that are unique and made of natural materials with delightful designs that can beautifully complement a daytime or evening wardrobe for a special occasion. The Mini with Love handmade handbags are a must-have accessory for a professional, well-dressed woman who wants to feel special and unique. To learn more about these handmade products, visit miniwithlove.com. How can a woman business owner who has to juggle multiple tasks in her life keep her business finances organized? Well, to me, you have to divide and conquer. And you have to delegate. I like that. Yes. <laughs> and you have to delegate whenever you can. You know, you cannot yes. do it all. Um, I mean, you could if you want to. But it's not a really, it doesn't balance out. Like if you want to do everything because you think you're the only one who can do it, then you're not going to grow. If you don't delegate, you don't grow. So when you teach somebody else, um, maybe to do it as close as you can do it, that's good because you can delegate that task to that person. And not only in, in, in the office environment, in, in your life too. You know, if you have a partner, then somebody has to do a portion of it. Um, you know, my husband, he's, he's very feminist. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, he's, he's very good. Like, if he, I don't really cook in my house, he does. Nice. Okay. Um, and I'm happy about that. And I need somebody like that, honestly. So, so if you can delegate activities or tasks or, and you can divide things, I think it's easier to, to keep the balance and to keep also the business finances organized and, and your life organized. And when you talk about delegating, uh, how about having a bookkeeper? Because a lot of times people say, oh, I don't need a bookkeeper. But I think having a bookkeeper can really help you. Um, I mean, you may not think at the time, you know, but I just think it will be a good help for a lot of businesses. It does, because if you think about it, your business is not about bookkeeping. Your business is about something That's else. That's right. It's good to understand your books and know how to do it in case you don't have somebody to do it. <laughs> but that's not your job. That's not what you have a business for. Okay. Unless you're into, unless you're doing bookkeepers 
bookkeeping, you having a bookkeeping service. Right. So having a, a, somebody that can help you in a particular area of your business, it's, it's a smart decision. It's a very smart decision. I agree. Now, during the pandemic, many small businesses applied for grants or loans. Do you foresee more government support to help companies to expand in 2021? I think so. I think the government is going to keep helping, but the difference is going to be that there are going to be more um, rules for the help, like more, more um, requirements to be helped. Uh, so it's not going to be like last year that everybody was applying and getting money just because you were saying whatever. Now they're going to need documents. They're going to need proof. They're going to see you really struggle. Are you really struggling? So, um, you know, what I have learned, I have worked on some government projects and what I have learned with them is that they build the bike while, the, while they're riding the bike. So now they're just trying to help, but at the same time, they're going to be trying to do some compliance about the help they provided last year. Every time that they're going to open up a new grant or a new loan or a new relief, they're going to be also asking for more requirements because they learned last year that they really need to be doing that. So more of a reason to keep your records. Yes, definitely. And even if you get the help, you really mm -hmm. have to keep your records because not today, not next year, but in two, three, five years, they're going to be asking, okay, how did you spend the money? You know, like, did you use it for the purpose that I gave it to you? Were you double dipping? Or did you really, you know, use it for payroll or, or operating expenses or um, any, mm -hmm. any, whatever the reason I gave it to you for, do you actually use it for that reason? So keep records of payroll, keep records of rent, keep records of whatever you paid with that money, because most likely in a couple of years, they're going to be auditing those loans and they want to see the proof. And also too, if you want to have loan forgiveness, you have to show proof. Yes, definitely. Yes. Okay. Now, what financial advice can you give a business owner to help them achieve profitability by leveraging efficient processes and technology? Well, process and technology help you gain time. Uh, it, time? Yes. And time is a very valuable commodity. Um, time is money. Yes, it is. So when you have people or technology working for you, you can develop new strategies, you can establish new, relation, new relationships, and you can dedicate your time what you really know how to do or what you really want to do, you know? So being working, I don't believe in working 24 seven, uh, trying to accomplish everything uh, or every aspect of your business. There's so many tools nowadays and technology is amazing nowadays for businesses. And if you create processes and people that participate in that process, taking off your plate certain responsibilities, that's gonna be more time for you to grow your business. Exactly, because you see a lot of business owners wearing multiple hats. Correct. And you have the technology, you have the resources there, that then you can focus on what you do best and let the technology or someone else handle the rest of the things. Definitely, you know, it is important. If, if you think about it, if you spend the time, I don't know, entering your, uh, recording everything in your books, while at that time you can be perhaps 
well, nowadays on a Zoom meeting with people that is going to help you uh, grow your business, I think, which one you really have to do? <laughs> you know, it's, I think the option is clear. Right. So, so having technology and, and people and processes that help you do things will definitely you definitely will, will bring you further in, in the line. That's very good advice. And as an expert in forecasting, what expertise can you offer a potential business owner or a business that wants to scale up about setting realistic forecasting during uncertain times? Okay, that is a good question, by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, forecasting helps you to create scenarios, okay? Mm -hmm. So when, you forecast, when you're forecasting, you can see what happens if you do things one way or the other. So uh, it's not like we're gonna invent the, 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 the wheel by forecasting, but when you're forecasting, you have to seize opportunities and leverage people and processes. Mm. So if you are doing things the same way and, and you're trying to do the forecast, you're forecasting and, and you, you see that things are not gonna change and, and at the end of the day, that's not gonna work out for you, you really need to be making changes. So you can assess your cash flow as frequently and as possible as you can. Um, you, you have to understand your industry. You have to research in, in your industry. Um, many right. people in, in like in the restaurant business, they, some of them, they say, you know what? I need to, I need to sell online. Uh, I need to do grab and go. And those, even though they weren't selling as much as when the pandemic wasn't here, they were selling. Some of them, they say, you know what? I don't have the ability. I need to close my doors. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you're forecasting, you're also looking at opportunities and, and different potential revenues that you can have uh, if you change here or there, if you change this person from this position to this position. And even if you change salaries, like all these companies that the, the big corporations that you hear, oh, they, they follow employees, they didn't let them go. They didn't send them to unemployment. They told them, listen, you're making this amount of money. I'm going to cut you 10%, but you're still going to keep your job. So you create scenarios and then you see opportunities and you leverage people and processes when you're forecasting. Right, because it's hard to predict what's going to happen in six months, yet alone five years. Yes, correct. And that's why you got to keep an eye on it weekly. I'm not mm. saying forecast weekly, but at least your cash flow, you can be like doing it weekly. You can okay. see, okay, this is what I have coming in. And depending on your industry, there are certain industries that are thriving right now, even though we're in the pandemic. And there are other ones mm -hmm. that, you know, I wouldn't go there right now. <laughs> right. Um, but yes. this is not forever. Things are going to mm -hmm. change. And, and no one can predict the future. But at least if you hear or you listen or you're paying attention to what's going on, you understand what's going to happen or what could happen. You know, you, you might make mistakes, yes, but that's why you have to keep yourself in, 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 in researching and understanding your industry and, and listening to what's going on, not listening uh, to the news, to really do deep research and, and to connect with the people in your industry because connecting with them, you can see, okay, this is where we're going. And also following the trends and your industry trends yes. is important. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. And don't be deceived by the current trend because mm -hmm. right now, um, let's say, uh, uh, this is an example, I'm not a real estate expert, but I know that the real estate right now, um, it's a, a great market for whoever is selling, Correct. not a great market for whoever is buying, right? But it's, this is an illusion because uh, there's so many people that stop paying their mortgages just because they, they, they cannot be evicted and the banks cannot do anything right now. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen in a year. So, so you have to keep an eye on what's going on because as soon as the bank starts uh, complaining to the government, like, listen, nobody's paying me. I don't have any money. We're going to another, have another financial crisis. Most likely the government is going to do something about it. And most likely those people, you know, the people that are struggling paying their houses, they're probably going to lose them. So there's going to be another, like the market is going to stabilize and, and, and that's going to happen. That's, that happens every so often. So, so when you're looking at those things, you also have to analyze in your industry what's going on. Like how can I take advantage of, of whatever is happening and, and be on the top of the line? What do I need to do? Who, who do I need to move? What if I do this or I do that? So that only happens when you really understand the industry that you are in. Wow. Well, Karen, thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us on the show today and for providing our listeners with invaluable financial advice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. To learn more about Karen's services, visit her Instagram page at Ospino Consulting. Please do not forget to write us a review from your favorite podcast platforms. I am your host, Minerva Salas, and until our next show.